You are now listening to episode 7 of the Gate City Podcast. Fun episode, March Madness episode, even though it's not March anymore. Uh, we've, but we've got head men's basketball coach of Page High School, Evan Fancourt, joining the show. Coach Fancourt is a very good friend of the program. He's a Greensboro guy, born and raised in the city. And I mentioned he's the coach at Page, but it's very unique because he actually graduated from Grimsley High School, which, as we learned from Ross Martin in an earlier episode, those are big rivals. So we get some cool stories from Evan about that, what it was like coaching during the COVID season, and of course, what his favorite spots in Greensboro are. It's a really fun conversation with Evan, and we really got the coach vibe from him immediately. As always, I got my boy Bone with me. We talk about our favorite March Madness memories, a little NCAA tournament talk, and we just kind of talk about what's going on in our lives, and we've got some good Hogs highlights for you. So, stick around. Great episode. Thanks for listening. Gate City Podcast starts right now. We ballin' like March Madness. All this cop tragic. I'm going back to North Carolina, down in Greensboro, and take care where I take care of All right, here we are, episode seven. We're into it. I'm Hog, got my boy Tox with me as always. Gate City Podcast. It is, well, it's actually April. We just came out of March, but uh, March Madness episode, man. Fun to be back, fun to be doing it again. Tox, how you doing? I'm great, man. A little chilly. Just came in straight from uh, BPCC. It was a cold, windy day out there, but happy to be in the stew and uh, chopping it up with my guy. Yeah, downtown stew. Played golf. Little update for all the gatekeepers. I still have not played golf, and it's it's April, so I need to get going. My excuse is it's been cold. Yeah, well, it's been okay, but today was miserable. I, as soon as I got out there, I just wish I wasn't out there, but, you know, had to do what I had to do, so... Um, other than that, I mean, hadn't really done too much. Been keeping it kind of low key. Um, what you been up to? Uh, nothing new. We had a good, good time with uh, you know Coach Fancourt, which y'all are gonna hear from a little later on. Uh, but other than that, same stuff in my world. You know, I'm a big basketball guy. March Madness been awesome having March Madness uh, going on. I mean, that first the weekend of the first and second round is is always amazing. I think that's up there is like one of the top, if not the top like sports weekends of the year did you yeah you watching i mean off the top of my head i'm thinking like masters weekend first four mm-hmm. or the first weekend of the ncaa tournament that's really it i mean yeah as far huge. as like thinking about over my life what i've looked forward to in like the sports world like I, those are the two things i think about the most like there's nothing better than waking up like back when, you know, especially when you were a kid. Yeah. Filling playing. out your brackets. Yeah, states playing. Uh, <laughs> but you fill out the brackets and then you just know for the entire next four days, all you're doing is like checking your phone, watching the games, updating the scores, yeah. texting your boys, uh, texting out your brackets, boss, dude. Uh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> yeah, my, back, my bracket's screwed. Yeah, like, it's like there's not much better than that as far as being a sports fan comes. We had some fun, like, memories growing up, especially our bracket group. We had, like, a massive group of our high school friends, like, and it was always funny. Then we got some of our college friends involved, which was fun. That was fun. That's kind of falling off, I guess, especially with the pandemic last year, but, uh, man, we should start that back up. Do you have any... I remember, like, skipping school in high school to watch 
March Madness. Oh yeah. At Dean's house. Yeah. Do you have any like specific March Madness memories like that? Dude, really? It's it's. I instantly think of Dean's house. I think of yeah. that immaculate kitchen, fully stocked, incredible like state of the art shelves. <laughs> the, yeah, like he had like the hidden fridge. Yeah, it was like my it only was friend with the hidden unbelievable yeah, kitchen. or the hidden pantry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think about that. I think about you just shredding rotisserie chicken carcasses <laughs> for like the whole weekend. You got one chicken and it lasted the whole weekend. Yeah, we'd get our snacks and I'd come back with a rotisserie chicken for to yeah. watch basketball. Yeah, no, but just watch, you know, like I said, you get out of school around lunchtime, and then, I mean, you're just, no offense, but you're just not going back. No. Oh, I used to love skipping school and watching March Madness. It made it better knowing you were kind of doing a little something naughty, and then also watching the games. Ooh, naughty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was fun. Hey, actually, you say, so what have I been up to? Something new, too. Uh, some gatekeepers might know, I am, I'm a high school tennis coach, and we had tennis season start up in the pandemic, so that's been going on. This was actually the coach episode. This was the coach episode. This, I was the odd man out. Yeah, so you maybe get some insider scoop on coaching and high school athletics. So it's good to get back out there with those guys. Y'all might hear me talk a little bit about that. You know what helps out? I meant to tell you I did. This wasn't last weekend. Maybe the weekend before, like around St. Patrick's Day. I went to Wahoos. Oh, I know wow. we talked about I it. I talked you into it. Yeah, I, I know we wow. talked about it. I did the sticks and stones, and I heard like, commotion and noise at Wahoos and I was like should I go and I was like I'm in and I had uh, had a good crew with me Jesse and the Rippers performing or who was on the stage (laughs) the Chunky Cheese Days I actually took like a better look at it there's it's like a church pew like sitting on top of a like stool yeah it's It's like like, it's two feet deep it's like it's so it's so weird uh, but man, good times they had like they had cheese puffs as like a bar snack oh wow but my favorite food yeah we're back the, my favorite thing about that bar, few bars have it. They have the touch tunes machine, and so you can go in and like play whatever. Oh yeah. They did not have any new Rod Wave songs though. I no. Wanted to, I wanted to play that. You were going for an emotional uh, timeout. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you wanted. To I would have played the whole. Is. I don't know if the gatekeepers. I, I would have played that whole new Rod Wave Soulfly. You know who he gives me, and this this is a throwback to one of the past episodes. He gives me like the Jaheen vibes. Yeah, got that deep, but like, mm-hmm. God, I wish I could sing so bad. Yeah, dude. it's like the trap R and B. But yeah, but it's like, kind of mm-hmm. sounds bad sometimes, but it's still good. Like, you know what I mean? So bad that it's good. They've mastered the art of like singing bad, but like on key, and it's it sounds incredible. Like I, I'm I'm all I'm all about Rod Wave. I as soon as I heard that, I think I texted you and I was like, I have goosebumps. Yeah, like every song. I was immediately cut it me. on in my car and I was like, I'm crying. Yeah, like it's killing me. So if y'all haven't listened to Rod Wave, put that on. It's a nice little spring vibe. Then follow it up with a uh, little TJ if you got another hour to kill. A little TJ drop. Yeah. Uh, what's today? Friday. Yeah, today's Friday. Today. <laughs> the best. The best tweet. Top 100 R&B singers. Names like 100 famous people you've heard of. Then you replied 101 Dude, at little TJ. <laughs> singing over those beats, man. It's just like a match made in heaven. Yeah, he's young too, right? Yeah, very. Like very young. Young. Like <laughs> yeah. probably doesn't have too many thirty-five-year-old fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like them both, man. We we both get on big R and B kicks, so uh, that's some good spring music. Oh, you know what I meant to bring up with March Madness though? Uh, we've been watching it. Has Gus Johnson been on any games? Oh wow, dude! It's kind of. I don't. I know. I mean, I know we're a sports this pod, but I haven't really been watching that much. It has felt. I have felt a little disconnected. This I haven't year, been for whatever the reason. last. I mean, last year didn't happen, but then 
I don't know, man. It's just, I don't know. It was weird. I watched the app and the UNCG games, and that's pretty much the only two games I watched, like, the bulk of. I feel you. I feel you. It And maybe has ACC's down? Duke's ACC's down. Duke's down. down. Carolina's down. It's been two years, really, kind of, since this whole, like, yeah. you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just been a little, I, I've been watching the games when they're on, but I haven't been tuning in, Missed like, exclusively. Missed the crowds. Missed the offsets. Yeah. And I hadn't really been, I didn't really go out that much, so I wasn't, you know, like, watching it live, you know, out with anybody or anything. So, it's kind of just been, if I'm home alone these days, I'm rarely watching, like, sports. Yeah. You know what I mean? I felt a little disconnected myself, but I but have. I've, I've, it, I've been that being said, if you cut a game on and you hear a Gus Johnson call, you're sucked in immediately. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's the magic of Gus. Do you have? All right, because I'm thinking of one. Do you have a Gus Johnson like specific call that you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I know you're thinking the same one, so I'll let you go ahead and say it. Which one? It's the Morrison game. <laughs> Adam uh, Morrison. Yeah. What does he say? Uh, with the catch, what's he yeah. say? I need. What's the name though? Batista with Batista. the catch. Yeah, yeah Batista. I couldn't think of Batista. Like your corner in the front court. Batista with the catch, and that's it. What a comeback! Yeah, that's a top five call. I mean, that sounds like your average Hornets game these days. But <laughs> yeah, Eric Collins. <laughs> Eric Collins is getting big. Shout yeah, out Eric Collins. Need to get him on the pod someday. Yeah, for the Hornets. Man, he is like becoming our national. He's like guy. the gu- next. He's like the next Gus Johnson. I know. I hope we don't like lose him. I know. He. I feel like he's getting some steam like the on national. the internet. Yeah, yeah he's, he's getting big. He's internet getting buzz online. I think Bleacher Report put out a mixtape for him. Yeah. No, but yeah, Gus Johnson. They need to get that guy on like more big games. Mm-hmm. Any sport, I'll take whatever sport. No, I wonder if there's like contract stuff where he's like Fox exclusive. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? I don't know. But yeah, that's a favorite call. That's an all-time call. Uh, so yeah, spring's in the air, March Madness, Final Four weekend, we got the coach episode, it's springtime, dude, the allergies are crazy, what else, I mean, I, dude, I, how do you feel about spring fashion? I just spring fashion, I'm, uh, you know, I'm obviously more of a fall guy, I'm, Same. I like, you know, being a little bigger guy, you gotta have, a layer. You, gotta, <laughs> it's, it's, you get the fall, you can layer up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I hate spring, man. I, I just can't figure it out. But no. I'm not spring. Summer. I, I like it. I like it a little more chilly. But I don't know. I know. You, I mean, you're the fashion guy. Yeah. What have you been seeing out in the streets? What's this year? What's the trends this year? <laughs> well, what are man, we seeing? Quarantine out there? weight for me. So that's why I, I can't like freaking. I don't know what to do. I got to get rid of this quarantine weight or this COVID weight. No, I was gonna. Say, no, that's it. what I was gonna say. In general, I'm not the biggest spring fashion guy this year, especially. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm carrying around. Extra couple lbs yeah. need to drop them before I get before I'm even concerned myself with fashion these days. It's yeah, so we won't get into. That. I just it's like a tough dressing season. I like give me summer, give me fall. Nice one, winter fashion. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I'm going you know, shorts and hoodie all spring. Yeah, <laughs> but you said you did bring it up. Like so, I say that because you know the curfews lifted. People are back out in the streets. You know we're out here in the stew. And I, you know, we've got a good look at the streets and people are back out. The businesses in Greensboro are like really booming. It seems like right now. I about fainted. I walked in Gasson's and the booths are back. They, <laughs> Tables are back. Dining in? Yeah. Dining in is an option. That's huge. Yeah. That for the first time in like forever, I've been going to that same one. And I walked back in. I was like, okay, I guess yeah. we but are back. Panera, they now like have the coffee station back. Half the joy of those machines is playing stuff you know everyone else is going to hate. Yes. <laughs> or like you and our, our, my crew of three people. I try like, to read the crowd, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go with something I know these guys aren't going to like. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we were playing some bangers. So we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Things are back. Yeah. I've hit the roof. I've hit the new rooftop bar. I've hit. Uh, I've hit all. I've hit all the places. I've been. I've been to freaking Natty's, Gray's, South End, uh, Joymongers. Yeah, you leave the stew and you take a couple left, see where you wind up. You might run through a big Christian parade, a concert. Oh my! God. Might run through. Uh, catch, catch a couple beers that like you might go anywhere. You know, you, it was global. Global HQ is uh, in the mix. Jay Clay texted me. He said he's coming to town sometime, and he texted me. He's like, "Yo, you trying to hang out?" And I was like, "Only if we don't go to biology." <laughs> so I'm well, trying to get we, him to go to uh, Sticks and Stones or Corners. Like, I might go live. Please go uh, to Sticks and Stones with Jay Clay. I might go live. I'll venture out for my uh, a, a beer or two with Jay Clay if, if yeah. we can go to Sticks and Stones just with him. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get him to. We got. We're, we'll go live and we'll get his reaction to it on the IG. We need to do page. a blind so follow taste us test on the IG. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. What else we got? Anything else new? Anything else going on? Uh, nothing much. I haven't. There hadn't been too much I've been watching these days. You got any shows or anything you've been watching? Been all I watched recently. Savages on Netflix. It's an old movie. Oh, yeah. With Blake Lively. Taylor Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch, Blake Lively, hot. Some sexual tension in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Some demonic scenes. Yeah, yeah. That's a good watch, though. That'll get you in the mood. I had somebody text me to tell me to watch it. And I was oh, like, is that your first time seeing it? Yeah. Oh, wow. That was really You good. loved it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. loved it, dude. I did. I did. <laughs> Why you that? You got a... Glimmer in your eye right now. Awesome. I assume you've seen it. I mean, I've never seen it in my life. If if awesome. I had to handpick someone that could live that life, like in California, <laughs> what me? I could just picture. I mean, you're Blake Lively guy. Like yeah, the is. way she acts in that mm. movie, though. I'm saying yes. Like yeah. Why? So I've watched Savages. What about you? What do you That's got, good, dude? I watched a, a very interesting documentary on Netflix. <laughs> Smiling, even thinking about it. Oh, hold on. Look who just texted me. Oh wow, Cleasy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, go. Ahead. Um, Dude, it's on Netflix. It's called My Octopus Teacher. It is unbelievable, dude. I won't say too much, but I implore you to watch it. It's like this guy basically dives. He walks out. He lives in South Africa. Dives in the ocean every day at the same spot. Documents everything. And he he sees the same octopus every day for a year. And over the course of the year. Like intentionally? Yes. Okay. And they over the it's like months and they won't interact. But then he keeps going, keeps going, and it starts slowly interacting with them, and then they become like legit friends, and they're like communicating. It's like nuts, dude. What? They, I mean, you know, octopuses are like the top, like a very smart animal. Is it octopuses or octopi? Octopi, octopuses. <laughs> the octopus is a very smart animal. Uh, really, but, dude? It's an incredible one. It's only like ninety minutes. It's a, it's on Netflix. I highly recommend it. It's called My Octopus Teacher. <laughs> Dude, it's emotional. It gets attacked at one point, and he's like, the guy's like, I didn't know if I should intervene or not because I didn't want to, you know, involve myself in nature. And then the octopus is like, go, comes over to him, and like, it's, it's very insane. Does he help the octopus? Yeah. He it's, does help it. Eventually, he helps it. It's and then the octopus thanks him? Pretty much. Wow. It's insane. I'm going to watch it. Do a little deep dive on the old octopus next time wow. you're bored. It's an incredible animal. The old octopus. It's an alien, dude. It's basically an alien. Yeah, octopus. If you really like think about the concept of like an octopus, well, and the, it's it's like incredibly smart. It's like mm-hmm. one of the smartest animals. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right, like, I'm they, in. They can like problem solve. Like if you put it in a jar with the lid, and it figures out how to unscrew the lid of the jar and stuff from the inside. <laughs> You're it's an insane. octopus guy, dude. I'm a nature guy, and yeah. this was an incredible watch. Okay, I yeah. mean, dude, I'm not. 
I watched Savages and you watched The Octopus. Well, I've seen Savages. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to go next. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, I'm telling you. If All right, I'll, I'll watch. I'll put it this way. I'll bet a tear comes to your eye and you laugh at one point while watching My Octopus. I'm going to watch it by the next it, time You'll get record. the whole range of the emotions. By the next record, record, I'm going to watch it. All right, I need your, uh, I need you to, I need like a recap on it when you watch it. All right, man. Well, you got anything else? Not really, but that one other thing, that got me thinking. I just want to get your thoughts on this. Are you an ocean guy? Huge you, ocean head. Okay, I, but you say that. Like, when you go to the beach, will you go, like, when I was a kid, this is what got me thinking, I used to go so far out in the ocean. Mm. Like, on a raft and, and stuff. I didn't go deep. I would go, like, deep. and I, like I have trouble swimming, so I... Okay, well, now it, like, <laughs> scares me to go, like... Yeah. I, I was thinking... I, I never would do that, yeah. I, I would never... It, I just got me thinking. I will... I'll never be that far out in the Atlantic Ocean again, like as I was when I was a kid. Like every just summer. thinking what's in there sometimes is a little like mind. Yeah, mind. and it's. I remember just being so far, you know, being like, it would take like a while to get back to the, like beach. Mm. She's like, man, what are you doing? I wouldn't. Have... Last time I dove in, I got caught in my first and only riptide, scared the shit out of me, and I was like, I'm never going I'm back not, in the Atlantic again. Ocean again. No it's need. Clear no water. Need. I'm not going in. Yeah. No need. Yeah, I'm, I'm an ocean guy, and that that, that stuff. I love the ocean. Me. Love going on the beach, but I'm I'm old enough now where I can enjoy myself without submerging myself in the in the ocean water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I same page, right? All there. right, that's there interesting. I assumed you'd be more of a you. You're not a big swim guy. I can't. I, I, not no. That you say that I don't think I've ever really swam with you. I don't think yeah, I've ever seen you swim. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're an athlete. I feel like you swim. Not a good swimmer. I've been noted. Noted. Yeah. We'll get you golfing, and we'll get you swimming. <laughs> Big summer ahead. Yeah. Big summer Big ahead. Summer. Anyway, um, so look, coming up, we got our interview with uh, Coach Fancourt. Fun interview. Good right? interview. This is really my first time. I, I knew who he was, and I met him in passing, but that was like my first time really talking to him, I think. Yeah. I got a great vibe off him. I think he's, I mean, I know he is a good coach, obviously. You'll, you'll hear his accolades later, but it's, I, could see yeah. him, I could see him being a good coach going forward. Good, good little interview with Greensboro native Evan Fancourt. He, uh, yeah, he's the coach at Page High School right now. Give us a little insight of coaching during COVID year, what he is like as a coach, and I mean, yeah, it's a fun interview. So we'll get in, we'll get right into it. So here is our good friend Evan Fancourt. Yo, I'm getting ready to put y'all up on something, man. Yo, when you see something ill. You know what I mean? That's woke. Uh-huh. Anything ill you see is woke. Uh-huh. Have me a big six at the curb. That's woke. Okay. Especially if you got the fully equipped kid on it. It's woke. Like you know what I mean? Like yo, I had this bad chick uptown. She was woke. All right, we are joined by very special guest, friend of the program. He is the current basketball coach at Page High School, uh, which is interesting because he went to Grimsley. He's a Grimsley grad. Greensboro guy through and through. 2002 Bob Sawyer award winner at Grimsley oh, High School. Bringing it out. And uh, I'll go ahead and say this too. He's the 2020-2021 Metro Conference Coach of the Year. We Let's got go. Evan Fancourt in the building. Evan, how you doing, man? Hey, man. Super excited to be uh, hanging out with y'all and getting to, getting to talk sports and hoops and Greensboro sports in particular, man. It's, that's my passion. So super pumped to be here. Yeah, man. We love it. That's what we love. That's why we started this up. This was actually kind of your idea while we're doing it. So for all the listeners out there, you're going to probably get a lot more of Coach Fancourt. But he was just coming off of uh, basketball season at Page, so I kind of want to get right into that. Obviously, a weird year. Circumstances were crazy. But you made it through. 
Can you tell us some of the greatest challenges this year coaching basketball and COVID? I get, like, forget wins and losses, but, like, what was different about a COVID year compared to anything else? You know what was kind of funny, man, is I, I think the biggest challenge to it was just getting to the court. Once we started playing, like, it very quickly just turned back into basketball. Like, regardless of wearing masks and all that stuff, like, when, when I got to hit the whistle, like, in the clock, like, the horn sounded to start practice at 5.30, whatever time we started, it was felt 100% normal. Like, very yeah. normal. But to get to that point, like, I told a lot of people it was very weird. It was almost like this year, I mean, you're hired to be the basketball coach. Um, and, like, by the time you actually just got to do your job, you had done – four times as much work as you've done in a, in a regular year just to get to where, like, okay, now I can coach. Having to check all the kids in and, and the mm -hmm. additional paperwork. and Answering like questions said, every day. Answering questions, just making sure because from, like, you know, from your your superiors, from your athletic director and, and the, the people above you, their biggest thing was just making sure you were getting all the kids checked in properly and making sure everybody was safe and you were doing following all the protocols correctly. So just that was the challenge was like just getting to be able to coach basketball play basketball um that how, was that was the biggest thing how hard was it because you know obviously basketball season this year started in january and you guys made it to march which is pretty cool and you got some preseason stuff conditioning how much did you as a coach and your assistant coaches like tell guys because at the end of their kids i get it and we can't monitor everything they do but did you ever have to tell them at the end of practice like hey dudes like be careful when you go home. Y'all never had to go on pause, but I know some teams did, and that stinks, you know? No, we did. Uh, the biggest advice we gave them, and, and as we kind of learned it, and we noticed we were very fortunate, we didn't have to stop, and, and only one team in our conference did have to put themselves on pause for two weeks. And one thing we noticed was almost every coach you talked to that had to go on pause was like kind of angry because they're like a kid or a coach or somebody would come and have not have felt good yeah. and pushed through it and showed up. So our biggest message after kind of learning that, our biggest message, particularly like after a Friday night game and we weren't going to practice the next two days, was like, you know, dude, I, I mean, you're talking to 17, 15, yeah. 16, yeah. 17, 18-year-old kids. We realized it was going to be really hard to tell them just to lock it up in the room. But our biggest thing was like, man, just do your best um, to, to follow the protocols and follow the rules. But man, if you don't feel well, if you got some sniffles, if you got whatever, if if you get to the point where you need to go take a test, like just you do not come back right. until you figure it out. Because yeah. like I said, a lot of the situations I ended up hearing about from from fellow coaches was things like, you know, a kid didn't feel well on Saturday or Sunday, uh, but then came to practice on Monday or played in a game on Tuesday, and you know, it's it, that was the and tricky then got thing with tested, sports. And then said yes, and then it will, and then you're like, well, we're done. Yep. Yeah. Then ended track, up getting tested, and, and we get a test, and then yeah, like so. The biggest thing was just trying to tell them, like, look, if you don't feel well, don't come. And I mean, but nobody ever didn't show up because they didn't feel well. So I don't yeah. know if it worked. We just were very fortunate, but yeah, I, uh, it's kind of surprising to hear you say how easy it was to get back into it. You know, because I would always see like the highlights on Twitter and whatnot seen them wear the mask plain and I would just think it had to have some effect on like efficiency or shooting percentage or something I can't I would try I try to think like playing a game and like you know just shooting free throws with a mask on it would have to take a little while to get adjusted to I would feel like yeah well it definitely affected I think kids I mean it just made you more tired man like you yeah. could tell very quickly kids would get winded 
a lot faster. It definitely affected communication. Uh, you know, being able to, I think a lot of times on the basketball court, and I, I think it's just regular communication. You don't realize how much like nonverbal, like I, I understand what Hogwood is telling me because I can see what his lips are saying. Mm-hmm. And you completely took away the ability yep. to like see my lips call a play and you could, you knew what I was probably going to call. So you, you might not have heard it, but you could kind of tell what I was calling. Uh, you know, it definitely made communication tougher. And I think kids just got tired a little quicker. I mean, yeah. as far as, if, if there was a play where there was, you know, not a foul or the ball didn't go out of bounds, a few up and backs, yep. you know, guys would get winded very quickly. I get that. So it was a good season. You, uh, you know, with COVID and everything, you guys made it through. You were the conference play- conference coach of the year. You did have the conference player of the year on your team. You had a heck of a season, man. I mean, all things considered outside, you know, taking the virus away, just talking basketball strictly great season for you guys I would say but it's interesting because you had a great season and you're the coach of Page High School and you are a you know you're a Greensboro guy and but you're also you know you're a Grimsley guy I said you're the Bob Sawyer winner I remember you know cheering against you in high school which was kind of funny Uh, and you guys had some good some good guys on your Grimsley teams I've always been wanting to ask you. I that. heard some vulgar comments coming from that page student section <laughs> yeah. as, that, that as a player. That was, yeah, it it was could rough. have easily been. It was, it was, times have changed. <laughs> times changed. <laughs> it was rough. We talked about that with Ross, I think, on episode two. He's like, man, you guys are freaking animals over there. Uh, but I did want to ask. I've never really asked you this as a friend. When you took the page job, was there any like legitimate feelings internally? Like, man, I'm kind of betraying. Because I, before you answer that, you know, I've noticed a theme. I mean. Coach Corbett was a coach at Page for many years. Yeah. You got Partee at Smith who went to Dudley. You know, it's kind of like a, I don't know. It's, you're not the only one is basically what I'm saying. I mean, were, were there ever any of those legitimate feelings? Yeah, to be honest, there was 100%. The day <laughs> I took the job, I was, I guess it was just so stressful to think about that, that I almost felt sick to my stomach at the point where I was like, felt like I could throw up. What I really loved about, I mean, I love Grimsley and I love Greensboro. And what you really, you learn, what you really love is like the rivalry and, and Greensboro basketball and, and the history of the Page Grimsleys and the Dudley Smiths. So like it really quickly became, I'll never forget, honestly, like kind of my moment where I was like, man, this is it was my first year, which was not this past season, but the previous we started the year well. We, we didn't play the top-notch competition, but I think we were like 5-0, and 4-0, 5-0, played Dudley at home. Dudley was like 3-0. and It was just a good early-season yep. basketball game. But it was like a Wednesday night. I wasn't expecting, you know... I mean, you, I, I knew it would be a fun game that people would care about, but I came up from the Ox Gym and walked up like 10 minutes on the clock. Like, my team's already out there warming up, and I walked in the gym and was like... Oh my God, dude! I mean, it that was place was popping. I it was that. slammed, dude. It, it was slammed, and we weren't. We were a good team, but like I said, we weren't the team in the area that I don't think everybody was talking. You know, but everybody was talking about. It, it wasn't one of those games where I, I knew it would yeah, be a big like game. Top ranked page and top yeah, ranked. Yeah, it wasn't like yeah, two two stud teams necessarily going at it that you knew the whole city would be on watch for. And you know, I walked in there, I was like, oh my God! I mean, this place is slammed, and it was just a hundred percent because it was. Page Dudley and people care about that game. The kids, it's the school cared. I mean, they don't care who plays for that our team. And I think that's the beauty of it, man. Is you know, not to throw any shade, but a private school matchup or something about that. It's solely about the kids playing on the team. There's just a lot of games that are 
especially in today's world where it's about who plays for the teams. Whereas I think these old schools of Paige, Grimsley, Dudley, Smith, I mean, when we played Dudley, it was solely about, it was just Paige, Dudley. Yeah. Nobody, nobody cared who was on the team. And it was, it was packed in there, man. And people were, people wanted Paige to win. People wanted Dudley to win. I mean, it was, it was fun. And that's when I knew, I was like, man, I'm in a, I'm in a good place. That's why I love having a Greensboro guy like Coach Fancourt. And you got Corbett. Yeah. And you got Parti. I mean, these are, they get it. Like you guys all get it no matter, you know, what school you're at, which is really cool. And I guess what Dudley it's has three Prince guys. Now, the three you know. guys are between myself, Partey, and Corbett, all born in Greensboro. Played at uh, Corbett actually played at Southern, Southern. Guilford, um, and then Partey played at Dudley. I played at Grimsley. So just three guys. It's cool, man. From That's it. cool. Like, like yeah, yeah. The Greensboro City basketball's on the come up. Oh yeah, and you mentioned Corbett, and I know Hog played for him. I think at one point, and he had a big impact on Hog. And one thing I always liked about you know sports in general, specifically basketball and coaching in general, is the coaching tree aspect of it like you know you get to pick your guys that you want on your bench with you and it's kind of like you know you have your players that you're working with and developing but then you also have like you know your coaches that you're working with and developing what you look for in like an assistant coach and maybe kind of how you know you went about kind of picking your guys up yeah well i think that i mean i think your assistant your staff is the most important thing when it comes to being successful as a coach i I kind of learned this the hard way in college. My, my team in college wasn't very good, and I always say the the fastest way to – Wait, hold on. Where did you play in college? At uh, Lynchburg College. Oh, okay. It's Lynchburg. Now the University of Lynchburg. Oh, no, 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 no. All right. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. But the fastest way to turn a team upside down, man, and to tear up a team is really from the inside out. And before, you're always going to have players that are going to have issues and, and teammates that you kind of got to work with and coax into getting along. And, and parents are always going to – there's always going to be somebody that's upset about playing. Like, that's always going to happen. But the fastest way to tear a team apart is if from within, your staff, your assistant coaches um, aren't 100% on board and aren't 100% have your back. If it ever gets a situation where it's like the players – the team gets kind of split and the players kind of align with this – you know, there's almost like a divide, like these players are yep. with this coach and these players are with that coach and they can see that there's like, I don't, I always say, I don't want my assistants to always agree with me. In fact, like I want the opposite. Like I need guys, I want guys that are going to challenge me that are going to be like, coach, that's not it. Or we need to do this. Like that's the only way I'm going to grow and we're going to get better. Uh, but they can never do it in front of the kids. Like, right. Like because, those are back, those are like behind the scenes coaching conversations. Yeah, like you, so you really got to find a guy that, it's going to have your back. And I think the biggest thing is probably is mature enough. And that really has nothing to do with age, but just mature enough to understand that, like, I'm not always going to agree with this guy, but we got to make sure that it's more important for the team to understand, you know, the, the one message. Right. Like, you know, I could say the dumbest thing in the world and my assistant could completely disagree with it. But during that practice, when a kid looks at him and says, coach, why is coach, why is he making us do this? And be like, no, you need, you know, you need to get on the line yep. and do this. Yep. Like you have to have that. Uh, otherwise the kids, you know, won't buy in and, you know, won't believe it. They has to be a, like a solid message from the entire staff. So I, I just think the biggest thing is having guys that are. So, loyal and that you trust and, and that have your that are going to challenge you and not agree with like you definitely don't want yes men guys that are gonna disagree with you and challenge your you know way of thinking the way you do things but they understand how to go about doing that so uh, you so you interview with coach fancourt and first question he's fancourt's gonna say is you got my back you got my back you ride or die you ready to do this yeah <laughs> and i think that's honestly why you see 
Uh, one of the guys on my staff now, I'm, I'm that old now to where it's a former player of mine, Caleb Baldwin, played for me at Southern. You know, I coached with Corbett. I mm-hmm. played for Corbett. Mm-hmm. Just listened to the Roy Williams press conference, and he talked to, you know, so many of his guys were his players. Uh, you know, even when he got to Carolina, he brought guys from Kansas. And I think you see the really good program. I mean, I think that's why, because there's that trust that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I mean. Guy, that's always been like one of the appealing parts of coaching to me is just being like, if you're the head coach and you kind of maybe take a better job and you're like, I'll only take this job if you let me bring my guys with me. I yeah, love like, that. I would yeah. love to be able to tell a guy, like another AD, like I'm only going to take it if you let me bring my guys with me. And you notice the, the ADs and the people that are good at what they do, whether it's football or basketball, it's like that. They like, make it work. They, they're like, I'm bringing my guys with yeah. me. But it's so true, though. You hear about it a lot in football where, like, you know, the coordinators are more important, or not more important, but just as important as, like, the head coach. Yeah. You don't really hear about it as basketball as much, so it's good to hear you kind of talk about that. Speaking of coaching, we were talking about this earlier. Movies, right? Oh, yeah. Coach Ken Carter. <laughs> what was you know, ask, I can't remember what we were talking about. Locking but, them in the library? No, I was just saying, you know, I mean, growing up, especially sports movies, like, always sucked you in as a kid because, I mean, it was just so appealing, you know, to growing yes, up with, yeah, yeah. when we were always playing sports. And, like, remember the Titans, Coach Carter. And I would always remember, like, you know, Ken Carter just going so hard on Cruz. I'm sure oh, yeah. you're familiar. Yeah, 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 hey, yeah. Do you think he went a little too hard on him? On Cruz, I always thought he kind of was a little. I did think he, I yeah, did think he, he was over the like top. Five hundred push-ups for every. Yeah, day and he, he missed would, or something. He did. He could, he didn't read the situation that Cruz. He was clearly calling out for help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the guy needed a male role model in his life, and it's like <laughs> Kid Carter's right there, only taking care Dude, of his own push-ups. son. But that's what help. we were talking about. He created culture because then his teammates came to his back. It worked out in the long run. So it's all. That's what I mean. I can't tell if he knew what he was doing the whole time, or if he kind of like back backdoored that way. What, co- yeah, what I, movie coach do you have? You ever like watched a movie and been like, you know what, I'm gonna use that? Like, because yeah. some movies you watch, you can tell they're just, you know, I mean, they're like coach just, just a joke. too fictitious. But just some are like there. pretty yes. solid, legit coaches. I mean, Herman Boone, remember the Titans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a good one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, Gordon Bombay. I mean, he got had his own dude. he had his own. There's a new one. He was a good I coach. Yeah. I saw coming. He's reprising his role. Yeah, <laughs> Bombay's back. Like Bombay's back. He's still the coach. Yeah, I think like running, Conway's in it. The skate shop now. I think there's a handful of the OGs minus Goldberg. If you see him recently, I don't think he's in it. But he's so the OGs. Yeah. They're like running. Their I think own, like, like Charlie's back. Yeah, it's something, it's something like that. I know there's a couple of like the OGs are back. Yeah, I saw, I saw the preview. It's like Disney it. Plus. I'm gonna. Have to, I'm excited for that, man. I'll watch. No, it. but yeah, um, it, I was just saying that we were talking about it. I think. <laughs> It's between, got to be, I think Coach Carter was a good coach and Boone was a good coach. Those are the Absolutely. two I thought of off the top of my head. But I, I think you're right, man. I do think Carter was too hard on Cruz. That's what I would always, hard. that's the one thing I would always hate about that movie. I'd be like, I mean, I respect remember, him, but. Remember when he canceled the games? Yeah. Or, a little too military minded. I mean, I like a little <laughs> bit of that in, in the coaching, but it was a yeah. little, little. I mean, me and Hogwood talked about this a little bit the other day, man. It's a fine line you have to walk between your culture, instilling your culture, as and. Dude, meeting yes. these kids where they are because especially in a public school setting like coach carter was in like i'm in like hogwood's in you, you coach what walks through the door you don't go recruit them like so you don't have every situation is so different so i can't treat so you can't player a pick, like who your kid like what kind of kid i want yeah yeah right? for sure and and like with your culture like we all want that culture we all want that nick saban alabama culture we all want it practices starts at Five o'clock, then you get here at four thirty. You know, five minutes early is ten minutes late. Like we all want that, and that's all important. But like, the reality is, like, especially for me this year in a COVID year, like when everybody was having to come to practice, 
I have kids taking the city bus to get to school. I have kids that, like, man, five minutes late, it took everything they had to get there five minutes yeah. late. So I didn't treat that. And you're coming that, straight you know, from your work outfit. Yeah, right? like, I, I didn't treat every kid the same when they were late versus uh, on time. You know, like, I, the one kid who drives himself, and I, I know he can get there on time, and it's completely on him. Like, yeah, I might chew his tail out when he shows up late. But then the <laughs> other kid who's relying on his aunt, uncle, grandma, mom, dad, whoever to really sacrifice to get him there. You know, I, I didn't chew him out. That's where I felt like kind of Coach Carter was with Cruz. Right. You know, he, he was in a different situation. He, he didn't meet him there. That's kind of a tangent, but it was something we actually kind of got off on the other day. That's a hard part of coaching, particularly in public school. And I, thought, I think you saw the same thing with Remember the Titans. You know, it was like, we're going to do it our way. We're going to instill culture. But he kind of had to meet each kid in a different mm-hmm. – that was kind of Coach Boone's thing. I felt like he did it better than Coach Carter did. Yeah, he exactly. was like, I'm going to treat – we have standards that we're going to uphold in this program, but I'm going to meet you like Sunshine can do something a little different than maybe Petey can, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, they were both they're both in their first years, so culture was, like, so important. Coach Carter, that, that, he was just, that was his first year. He was just like, man, what a team he would inherit, I think by they the both way. came yeah. from, like, like military um, families. Now that I'm thinking about Richmond it. County? Out there in Cali? Yeah, Channing Tatum. Yeah, yeah. kids Posting hanging all over the rim. Was it, what was it? Battle? Battle was uh, tough, yeah. man. Like, what a team to inherit. What was Channing Tatum's name? Lloyd? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, he was a force down low. Had team. an and one headband on, yeah. probably. The moment that has nothing to do with really coaching, but that like is the biggest tearjerker for me is is when Rudy gets the sack. I mean, there's oh, no way man. you're not in tears over that. Is he that offsides, man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that Rudy you? was offsides, man. Is that you putting in the guy at the end of the bench to make the three? Like that is in the Grimsley game. That is like, that type. That is that type of scenario. Yeah. Um. But it's like a kid. It's a different. T- you know. It's not just the end of the bench kid. It's a kid that like had to fight so hard to get to the end of the bench. Yeah. I mean, I had a couple kids at Southern. I had two different kids. Like that one kid, I made a. He didn't make the team his junior year. I made him like a manager. You know, and he stuck it out. He ended up like legit making the team the next year. I had a kid that. uh I taught in an EC class. We put him in a game in the in a summer game, and, oh. and my man came in and just buried a three on that's, on Reedsville Breon pass. That's and it was like just never get tired of seeing that. Yeah. It was chill. Yeah, yeah, need Rinaldi on the call. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah. it, Rudy was to me was more like the fact that he had to do so much to get to that moment, which was one play. I guess what he get two play. He got what two snaps, three two snaps. snaps. What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> He's running around on that. You know, so it's just like man, like he sacrificed so much. Yeah, to get I gotta to confess, I've never seen it. You never watched Rudy? <laughs> oh no. my god, never watched. That's it. tough. Yeah, I know some people are listening. Learn a lot on this pod, man. I know, man. Learn a lot. You gotta check it out. Yeah, check it. It's, I did. I've heard movies. so many people say it's corny, though. Is it not? Well, it's. I mean, it's, it's not as much it's of set a, in the eighties or yeah. whatever. It's not as much of a sports movie as. Like the movies we're talking about, like Coach Carter and Remember the Titan, like you literally, like they literally, like take you through a whole season. Yeah, Rudy, there's not as much football in it. You're right. It's as, like overcoming adversity. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. more like a life thing, like a kid yeah. working in like the mill type thing. I mean, there's not as much football in good. it. But the end is good. Watch it. I'll Let's talk it. about it next time. I'll get Watch on it. it. I'll get on it. I don't want. That's to the most emotional. That that movie like Dude, I, moves me more than. If we sat down and watched that. Yeah, I would cry. Yeah, when he when he gets that sack, I'm, I'm yeah. in tears. And the dude claps. <laughs> <laughs> I know y'all know the gif of that. Yeah, yeah isn't it the guy who like created like Iron Man? 
What's his name? Is it? Isn't someone famous? Who Who else is in Rudy? Vince, the guy Vince, that, that guy in, is like in a lot of Vince movies. Vaughn. It's Vince Vaughn and the guy who was in Vince Vaughn. God, what's his name? Like he's in the he's in the Avengers movies. He's like the guy who like walks around with Spider Man all the time. I'm out. I'm, not, I'm out on the Marvel. I'm, I'm out, out on the Marvel, Marvel as well. I'm out on the Marvel. All right, it's it's Vince Vaughn's boy. I think. All right, I'll give it a shot. All right, give it a shot. All right, switch gears a little bit. You you grew up in Greensboro, and I heard a rumor one time. You, I need you to confirm or uh, deny it right uh-oh. now. You used to play a little tennis, right? Oh, yes. I can tennis? confirm. I can confirm. All right, so you played a little tennis. Were you toe-to-toe with John Isner at one point in yeah, your life? Yeah, I, I really want to dig this up. I uh, I mean, I was I was Sherwood in her club. Um, <laughs> I I was... I know I used to beat Steinhorn, who played ended up playing college <laughs> tennis. Jason Steinhorn. I know I beat him. I know I was ranked higher than him. Isner, I will say, didn't really, like, he would more so, like, he didn't actually play inner club. We would be practicing, and he would be, like, on a court by himself, like, training. <laughs> so I, And you were like, yeah, I can take that guy. Yeah, but like, I yeah. had, like, that ignorant swag at that time that, like, yeah, like, yeah, he's over there practicing, but he's not even going to come over and play inner club. Like, we, I felt like we were better than he was because we played inner club. So you never actually played him. It was just kind of like a look. It's like when you're at the AAU basketball game, you're like, man, we can take them. Like, yeah. You just yeah. like, like, like you didn't actually play them. You just saw them warming up yeah. and you were warming yeah, up. And you're like, like, yeah. Well, like, if you knocked off Steinhorn, it's not a stretch. <laughs> yeah. It's not a stretch to think you could take down Steinhorn. And I will say the funniest thing was like the, the summer I took tennis, the most serious I played in. I played in the USTA events and I played in enough <laughs> to get ranked in the state. Like, because I, I won enough, just enough matches to get, like, I literally, I don't know if you remember, did, I mean, I know you were probably high, but this book came out, and it was a big deal the in book. tennis. Oh, yeah. Like, where you were ranked Dude, in the, the state. And I had realized <laughs> that I had done enough to get ranked in the state, and the book came out, and I was literally the last. No, you were I was the last. I was, like, whatever, it was, like, 130 or something like that. I was the last I'm name. I'm going to find this book, man. I think the I book. might have it. That brought back a memory. I remember seeing, like, your your name and, like, Stone's name in the book. Yeah. yeah the book was a big thing. Stone yeah. knows about and the book. And the fact that it was a real buzzkill, man, because I was, like, I was like, dude, I think I made it in the book. Because I had, you had to, like, <laughs> yeah. win. You yeah. had to it win matches thing. at tournaments. To like get ranked, like yeah. you couldn't just go to the tournament. Like, you had to thing. win some matches, and I was like, "Dude, I want enough matches to like I'm gonna be ranked in the state." And the book came out, and I was the last name, so it was kind of like Mister Irrelevant. Yeah, was like, they get oh. drafted too, though. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're in, but that was the end, man. I I didn't have the like it didn't create the chip on the shoulder to like I was like, man, this isn't for me, so I moved on. But yeah, you moved on to playing some basketball. Did you always know you wanted to be a coach? I've actually never asked you that either. Literally the minute my high school career ended, we lost two page at Grimsley. Donald and I'm walking off. Carlton. The, I'm walking off the floor, and I that moment, like I can specifically remember that moment was like, I'm gonna be a coach because I was like, I'm I'm gonna come back. Like, and I knew I wanted to be a high school coach. Like in Greensboro, it was like that moment. I was like, this this means that's crazy because you're too much to me. It's almost like prisoner of the moment. You're you know you're like, give me one more shot. Yeah, like you stuck with it. I was like, it, it meant so much to me. I had so much fun with it. It evoked so much passion in me. I was like, man, I'm, I can't be done with this. Like, So I knew I wanted to come back and coach. And I kind of knew I'd be you know, a better coach than I was yeah. a player. It's kind of obvious. Age. I'm trying to remember. Did Donald go off? 
What happened that game? You clearly remember that game. We lost to Don. We lost to Paige three times that year. Carlton Maybe. Donald, former teammate of uh, Longdale Baptist Church, no. Carlton Carlton Griffin. Longdale Baptist Church. That's <laughs> he right. was throwing windmills off the backboard in Longdale Baptist. Me and Donald talk about that man because that Paige team was pretty cool because they really weren't very. They weren't like overly talented. Like teams later, teams later than them were so much more talented. Teams before them were so much more talented, but they were really good. I think it was like it was like Donald Carlton Ash. Oh, forgot uh, about that. Devin Devin Bruner. Devin, was on the team. Dude, yeah, gotta oh, shout wow. out Devin. He's an Achilles warrior like me. Um, Is he? Yeah. Oh wow. Just shout like out Devin. A, a team that really played really well together. Um, yeah. Who was who were y'all? It was you. Loftus. We had a lot of dudes that went on to like we had when you look at like Loftus? the. Like, I played Division three ball. One of my teammates, Tarek Kitson, went on to play Division three ball, and he nasty. was good. Dude, he, he was, was like nasty. he was player him. of the year. Uh, he was like freshman of the year in his conference at SUNY Geneseo. Christian Harrison went on to play at Howard. Rashid Rashid, Rashid Khan went on to play at uh, Norfolk State. Like we had a bunch of dudes that like went on to play. You college also played three times that year. We weren't, Donald we, Moore. Weren't, we weren't that good. Donald. It was probably Ash Holler running was, the point yeah, four. Could have been Ash Holler. <laughs> they were. They were. It's funny, man, because you look back. That was two thousand three, and they were very much so like a modern day team. Like Ash was Carlton, like your you stretch. Do anything with. Ash Carlton was, was like a, yeah, like your do everything. But then like Devin and Ash were like just shoot threes. Like your stretch four yeah. five. Like Donald would shoot threes. Damn. Actually, now that we're calling these names, that Grimsley team was stacked. Thing. They ended that up being happened, bro. They yes. ended up being really good the next year. Yeah, the next they year they went they, to the Elite Eight, which was when we oh, yeah, were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they they and they won like two games in like overtime on buzzer beaters yeah. in the playoffs. But what's crazy, man, is it was one of those things where we weren't very good my senior year, but like the foundation was being laid, and that next year they were really good. And Rashid and Tarek and Christian and That's those right. guys ended up being really good college basketball players. We're all seniors, and man, they beat. Uh, it was crazy. One of the teams they, had some they crazy beat. Games. They beat. Uh, I think it was North Mech that had like Jamie Skeen, who played in the Final Four. He went to Wake, but played in the Final Four at VCU. They had Ben Stywall, who played at UNCG. Mm-hmm. They had somebody else. They played the dude, the little dude that's been in the NBA for a long time. Played at Wake. Uh, Ish. Oh, Ish Smith. Ish oh, yeah, Smith yeah, yeah, like yeah. beat him. Like they took down some dogs they that did. next year. They did. They did catch one L at Matt Morris though. That was that must have been that Achilles heel. The sweet here. soft rims of Mac Morris. <laughs> Do you remember the rims being soft when you played back in the day? To me, something I like I, I like Mac Morris Gymnasium more than I like Grimsley Gym. Grimsley Gym is bigger, um, but the I don't like like the lighting. I love the bricks of Mac Morris. The natural light coming yeah. through. It's just got a mm-hmm. better Grimsley's like really dark to yeah. me. You, uh, you can get hot in Page Gym. And we we measured it one year when I was at Grimsley. Like the, those goals, I guess the floor is so old. They're like higher than ten are they, feet. Are they like ten oh, four? They're like 10, I think yeah. it's because the floor is worn down so much. Page Page is probably nine five. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, they say it's legit because what happens is is you don't get people say we got our floor redone. They're not putting down new wood. I mean, it's it's the same old. They're sanding it and then yeah, refinishing yeah. it. So if you think about a a Grimsley or a Page floor that has been now Page has a relatively newer floor, but like, you know, let's say they hadn't replaced Grimsley's floor in thirty years, which could very well be the case. They've sanded it every year for thirty years, though. Yeah. That thing is eventually going to so drop an inch or two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that Page. I remember those page, one of those Page rims because everybody would dunk in like PE class. Oh yeah, and so then like one side was just so loose. Yeah. If you touch the rim, it was going in. Stop dunking on the rim. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty funny. Probably the worst part about being a public school basketball coach is the 
PE class is just destroying your <laughs> gym for the entire day. Because another thing Sharpies. about public schools is, you know, a lot of times you're going to have some players in the PE classes that aren't on the team. Yeah. I mean, you got oh, yeah. good guys that just play basketball at public schools that aren't even on the team. So you get heated matchups in PE classes. Mm-hmm. I remember those. Days. That's one thing. It's funny you say that. That's something I ask a guy who runs like a scouting service one time. I was like, what's one of the differences y'all see in public school kids versus private school kids? And one of the things, it was like these public school kids have a toughness about them that's a little different than these co- than these private school kids sometimes because a private school more so mimics college in terms of like yeah. when you're the when you're a basketball you're player play for Carolina, you walk in the halls, everybody worships you, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's already like, he's the basketball player. Like, same thing kind of happens probably at some of your local private. Those kids walk down the hallway. Nobody questions. Play, yeah. Right? You walk down the hallways at Page and you're on the basketball team. There's probably a dude there that's like, yo, I'm better than you. He's not yeah, on the that's team. True. And it's I, like you have to constantly fight and hold your own like go after at your own school, man. And it creates this like, you know, this toughness, uh, I think, where like you're not getting worship. I mean, we are getting to the point now where it's changing a little bit. but Gone for champs. Yeah. I mean, so you, you do start to get worshipped a little bit, the better you are. But like, yeah, you, you can walk down the hallway at your public school, man. And I bet you... Let's say a PJ Harrison at Dudley who ended up playing in the NBA. He probably walked down the hall. Sometimes the dudes would be like, "Yo, I can check. Let's check it up. Yeah, I can, man, I can beat yeah. you." Like, we would always say when we were like at Page, we there was this guy. I mean, Sam Penn. Oh yeah, we, he's, a like, guy. he's a grimsley guy. Okay, too, he yeah. went to Page too, right? For yeah, a couple but, years. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll I'll be like, we'll tell his story all can we? Yeah, yeah. But can we get this guy on the team? Like he was well, dominate was, in PE was, class. Was, yeah. I figured there was well, a reason he wasn't on the team, but that's what I meant. I mean, I always heard John Isner was like one of the best players, like maybe yeah. the best player in the Coach school. Coach Kent yeah. still has nightmares, probably thinking about the fact that John Isner and Graham Hunt did not play basketball. The pitch. Twin Towers, they could have like, probably both made ten had threes a, a game between them. Like six nine, and they're and both could stretches play. and could yeah. move and yeah, shoot. Like, yeah, because <laughs> didn't I hear like wouldn't didn't John and John and you or John and Don, somebody would wear with Isner, would just wear everybody out. And like so, John, yeah. so it was kind of like that. I mean, and I know it is cliche, but this is like legitimate. John and PE class would just freaking go off. He would just be like 30 <laughs> straight College threes. College center that can shoot threes. Yeah. 30 straight. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. I mean, and I, Coach Kent is just sitting there as the PE coach like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, let's be you real. John would have been. John's a Division One basketball player. Yeah, he's a six yeah. ten kid who can shoot the lights out. Like he is a Division One basketball yeah. player. Like if he had played, he would have been at ACC, Duke, State, Carolina, Chadwick Randolph. You know, but then like, I actually think he would have been better because looking at his freaking, I mean, dude's been a pro athlete for freaking fifteen years yeah. now. Yeah, like, he's, he's durable. Like, yeah, it's freaking ridiculous. So I think those stories are cool though, man. You always realize like. All the great athletes have that, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, like you, you hear about these guys that, like, just this NCAA tournament. You hear about that Jalen Suggs kid, you know, one of the best players. It's like, yo, he could have been the quarterback at Ohio State. That like, was a crazy, that's wild. Like that John Isner awesome. could have been a Division One basketball player. Yeah, I'd say Allen Iverson's better quarterback, yeah, than point guard. Yeah, it's just wild how yeah. when these when you have it when you're just an athlete, man. Yeah, it's, it's just different. You got it's it. Crazy. Yeah. yeah so especially just now that we're older, it's like being 17. I would yes. think about yeah. just being that good and like being that athletic when I was 17 was just yeah. been ridiculous. Man. He was, yeah, he was out there crushing. Uh, man, it's fun to reminisce. So I'm gonna kind of, kind of come to an end here. But we have, we do have one question we gotta ask. This is gonna be great for you because you're a Greensboro guy through and through. Born and raised, right? Yep. Born and raised. Only time I left was for college. What is your go-to spot? Whether we're talking food, whether it's something to do, whether it's a, a bar. 
whether it's uh, sometimes you maybe go just go back to Grimsley and take a stroll around, think about growing up. Like, what is your go-to Greensboro spot that when you know you're here in town, you're thinking like, this is my hometown, this is where I'm at. Man, it, you're right, man. When you said it, it's changing, I think it does constantly change. Um, I mean, if you're talking a spot to hang out, Old Town is probably my spot. Love it. Um, yeah. Haven't moved from that. I love it. It's 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 such an anomaly, man, because it's like this. It's on a college campus. Like That's I feel like crazy, anybody man. else like would right be like, there. "What are you doing at this place?" But there's, <laughs> it's not like a young person hangout. No. Like it's it's not. But it's literally on a college campus, right next to Yum Yums. So I, I think, man, Old Town, when it comes to the Greensboro vibe and feel, I just love it. You know, the Coliseum is a stone's throw away. UNCG, UNCG right, there. right there. I Can't live right wrong, down the yeah. street. Like, uh, you know, so Old Town is probably definitely my spot. I grew up in Lake Daniel, so when it comes to that that park down there, probably holds most of my memories. Oh, yeah. Like, With the uh, basketball? Did the basketball ever? court, yeah. I mean, that place. You want to talk about not loose rims. No, no, and that's where I learned to shoot down there. It was chain nets, double rims. Yeah, you touch, Clank. you touch any rim, it's coming off. Yo, hard. I can, I <laughs> cannot play outdoor basketball. It's a, it's a different game playing outdoors. No, but that place was special to me, man, because I used to walk. I can just remember, like, when I kind of actually learned that, like, oh, maybe I can play basketball. Because honestly, like, me playing at Grimsley was like I never even actually thought growing up I would be good enough to play. You know, like. You grew up and you watch these guys. You're like, man, I'm not going to turn into a guy that can that can be able to go out there and play. Um, especially, you know, back in the day when you're talking about like Cam Bennermans and Walker Holtz and like, guy, you know, Paige had their guys like Brandon Clifford's like six oh, yeah. ten guys. Adam Duggins. Adam Duggins, yeah. like guys are playing. I remember college basketball. had this dude that went to play at Maryland named Matt Kabark. I'm like, man, this guy plays at Maryland. Like, I'm yeah. like, no way. Yeah. Like, what? And uh, but going out there to Lake Daniel and that place used to be, like in the summer. At five o'clock, when it was like people would be getting off work, I could get there at like four thirty because I was younger. But you get there and you start shooting, and then the dudes would just start coming from getting off work. Like I remember guys pulling up in trucks and vans because they painted or were plumbers, and like <laughs> would oh, yeah. get out. And it would get to where there was like I can remember like kids now maybe even know the term like I got next. Mm-hmm. You'd be out there at like Dan, and you'd be like you'd be. Like you'd say, you not only could you just not have next, you'd be like, I'm one down, I'm two down, yeah. I'm three down. It'd be like you could be four or five games down. Like you might play one game, catch an L, and the sun might be down yeah. before you could get back out on the court. There'd be 20, 30 dudes out there. It's not much better than pickup games when you got like 20 guys around watching. Yeah. I mean, that is just yeah, like always awesome. an electric time. And you knew if you lost, yeah. it created a natural <laughs> level of competition. You had to go. Because if you took an L, you realize, like, yo, I sacrificed. I came here. I got off work. I came here. I could be doing something else. And if I lose this first game and I got to, like, it might be over for me. I might oh, not yeah. play again. So, like, dudes, you really wanted to win, man. And it was that was a lot of fun and I think really helped kind of, like, create that understand competition and create a competitive spirit because you kind of learn it from those old guys down there i mean they'd be playing in like jeans and boots and like you just did not <laughs> yeah. want to take an l man. hey man i'm 17, I'm 17. Yeah, like, <laughs> hey, man. and that's when like i got to the point where i could make shots on those rims and that's they would pick me up because i could be like the shooter so, love being so, the shooter just no matter yeah, what the shooter. you get one look at you we got shooter put a lot of pressure don't let him shoot don't let him shoot it put a lot of pressure on you man because if you yeah. miss like this is the only reason i'm out here the only reason i'm out here Man, I love it. So we got Lake Daniel Hoops as the sun's going down. 
like a certain time of day. It's summer sun is going down. We got Lake Daniel hoops. That's a great outdoor court. That's a great answer. We, we've been. If y'all don't know we've about got, it. Yeah. We've got an old town before, I think. Donald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Donald, Donald hit up old town. Donald said old town on his. Good for but him. That was, that was the most him. personal answer. I love it. Thought he might go tap room. But, Dude, I, that's what I said to him pre-recording. I would have. I, said, I, well, I said I'm putting my money on tap room. Nobody's going tap room. Dude, but I will say tap room. You go in tap room. Town is like I got this it. like it's I this di- you you could walk in any given day could be different than the yeah. next day. I mean, you and it's kind of why you like it. You could have the UNCG coaching staff in there one night, and then you could yeah. have the college kids there another night. Yeah, and like yeah. tap room, you know what you're getting. Yeah, yeah. You know what you're getting. <laughs> you know exactly what you're getting. You know exactly what's coming. I mean, I've walked in Old Town. And there was a DJ playing like, like I remember when we lost to Southwest my last year at Southern in the playoffs. Like we always went to Old Town. We went in there and like, there was a DJ in there playing like, late '90s, early 2000s yeah. hip hop, man. And it was like, what is happening? Probably what man? you needed after a game. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. It was somebody's like 40th birthday party, and they had a DJ. Old Town, love it. That I love it. Uh, you got anything else, Bone? No, that's it for me, man. Uh, well, Coach. This is not your last time because, again, I got to say, I can't hype this up enough. This whole thing was kind of his idea. And so we're going to get him on more now that basketball season's over. I'm in tennis season. So as soon as that stuff's done, man, we can really get after it. But appreciate you hopping on. It's uh, been a good been a good time. No, man, I'm glad you decided to do this, man. Like I said, I knew when I had the idea of, like, man, we should do a podcast, like, kind of talking about Greensboro and Greensboro sports. Yeah. Like, you were the guy, man. You're a natural. Well, we got to get party on, too. Yeah, we got we to get party on, but... <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a natural, man. It runs in your blood. It's in your, it's in your blood. Uh, I mean, it's just something you, you need to be doing, man. So I'm I'm really glad that you're uh, you're doing it, and it's only going to get bigger and better. Chills. Yeah. Chills. Chills, emotions, learning, growing, <laughs> progressing, life, all that. Coach Fancourt, oh. appreciate it. Y'all check him out. He's head coach of Page High School. Uh, coach of the year. Coach of the year. Uh, so if you see him in the streets, congratulate him. Coach, we'll catch you next time. All right. Enjoy it, fellas. I know. It's a great spot. I mean, it's getting the uh, praise it deserves. I love Old Town. We're going to have to go there a little more often. Uh, so shout out, Evan. Thanks for coming on. Also, I love you know playing outdoor basketball. Lake Daniel Park, that's a great place. I drove by there the other day as the sun was going down. I saw a bunch of guys hooping. I was like, this is a cool spot. Yeah, when he said that, as he was saying that, I instantly thought of the memory at one of those courts down in like Irving Park. Um just quick shout out to Gatekeeper. Uh, I'll never forget we were playing and that the guys were barbecuing. We played that quick pickup game and Graham uh, Hunt caught that body. He caught a body. <laughs> it's the first. That might have been his like first dunk. It like, was a like and, one hand power like jam. Yeah, and, like out of nowhere. Sent, I mean, I remember we were like, oh, yeah. like we like ran off. And the the barbecue was rocking. The barbecue was yeah. rocking. So like anytime it. I think that's when I think outdoor basketball, that's one thousand percent my first memory every time. Man, that was like such a joy. To, man, we were like probably what seventeen, getting ices and then yeah. playing basketball outside Just every day. Sweaty, sweaty basketball, slushy, sweaty, slushy, sweaty, slushy. Repeat. Drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was a good time. So thanks again, Evan. That was a lot of fun. 
so that about does it, but we do always, we have our favorite segment here, my favorite segment, Hogs Highlights. So let's get right into it. And I got a, I got a pretty, pretty kind of emotional one, especially for a lot of our gatekeepers here. The news about Roy Williams retiring as basketball coach at North Carolina came out. And I was scrolling through Instagram, and I saw a Greensboro native, P.J. Hairston, who played for UNC. He played, he played at Dudley. You know, he, he had a great career there, but I know he went through some hard times at UNC as well, and like also like post college. And he he basically wrote a post on his Instagram, like thanking Coach Williams for not just like the on the court stuff, but he's like, you, he pretty much hit him with the like, you saved my life. Yeah. Like when I didn't. I think he it. said that. Yeah. Isn't that what he said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. And that, like, man, it was, like, touching. It might have gone viral, but just, you know, P.J., Greensboro guy, good post. And, you know, as a, as a coach, that, that quote kind of hit me, too. It's like, you know, you kind of – guys like Roy Williams and Coach Fancourt, they show you the love when a lot of times they least deserve it, and it saves someone's life. But keeping that in the uh, kind of the same lane, I'm going to give mine to Coach Wes Miller. So, yes. you know, I mean, it's he deserves a little praise. You know, like you said, Roy – kind of shocked everyone and retired everybody's been talking about who's gonna like step mm. up and take that job i mean that's a top five job in college basketball probably mm-hmm. so a lot of people are saying west miller might be the guy and that's incredible coming from you know a couple years at uncg he's turned it around he's done a great job and he's getting some recognition that he deserves so it's awesome that he's getting that and um and yeah. west, west miller's an old town guy yeah, well, yeah, and, and true, he's got some roots here in town too. So he's a, he is a Greensboro guy on you know multiple levels. Solid hogs highlights tonight. That we got a little serious on them, but probably worthy of being serious hogs. Yeah, exactly. Life. All right, man, you got anything else? That's it for me. Fun episode, gatekeepers. Thanks for listening. Uh, run those numbers up. Yeah, like and subscribe. Like, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. All that stuff, man. And appreciate the interaction. We love it. Hope you guys enjoyed. Till next episode. Say goodnight, Kevin. When this is over, it's over. I don't know what's after it or what's happening. You know? I keep my gun in my drawers, duck in the sad news. My phone say seven missed calls, I know it's bad news. This life had left me so scarred, I'm knowing that's true. Remember, tongue got so hard, I got it tattooed. I ain't did no shows, but made some bread. I gotta keep the family fed. Look. Just talk to Pops about the feds. I ain't gon' lie, he had me scared. Uh, I feel him coming. I'll keep on running. If we go down bad, keep it a hundred. My girl all in my ear screaming, spend some time. I promise I'll be here when I can get some time. Right now, I gotta get what's mine. I'll be talking to the end of time. You niggas, cause they lame. Since they love saying my name. Make sure you write the truest in the mother game on my tombstone. Bury me by the river, they will carry me. Finally, I'll be resting in peace. Finally, finally, I'll get to fly away.